Hey friends, welcome back to The Catwalk. My name is Clark Cowden. I'm your host for this podcast, and I want to thank you for joining with me again for this week's message. We're wrapping up our series on big ideas, and today we're talking about the big worldviews. We all have a worldview, even if we can't quite put it into words, but it's a way of interpreting the world and understanding what's going on and making sense of what we're going through. But how would we describe a Christian worldview? And what are the big questions that go into the shaping of our worldview? I invite you to sit back and relax and reflect on this message on the big worldviews. Everybody has a view of our world that affects the decisions we make every day. Our worldviews colors the way we see other people, the way we interpret the news, and how suspicious or trusting we are of other people. Some of us are optimists and some of us are pessimists. Some of us are cynical and some of us are hopeful. Our worldview determines what catches our attention and what we don't even notice at all. We are largely unconscious of our worldview, and yet it drives so much of what we do. Until we allow the gospel of Jesus Christ to move into the deepest level of the unconscious and shape our worldviews, nothing substantial in our lives is going to change. We'll only be rearranging the furniture instead of constructing a new room. Conversion is about building a new room or maybe even a whole new house. Our worldview is shaped by three big questions. What should life be like? The question of creation. What's wrong with life? The question of sin. And how do we fix life? question of salvation, mission, and transformation of the world. In a world of over 7 billion people, there are a lot of different worldviews that people hold. For example, the Buddhist worldview says we suffer because we have too much desire. They believe the spirit is imprisoned inside vicious matter and we must move beyond matter to the spirit. The Buddhist goal is nirvana, which is freedom from matter and freedom from desire. The solution is meditation. But Christianity says we do not believe that matter is bad, and we aren't trying to eliminate our desires. We want God to transform our desires. And meditation can sometimes help if we are meditating on the right things. Another worldview is the Marxist worldview. Marxists blame suffering on private property, rich people, and greed. Their solution is a government-forced common ownership of all possessions. 
This worldview, however, tends to create new problems of justice and inequality. Those who have a lot of possessions are judged as bad. It divides people into good camps and bad camps without realizing life is not that simple. Virtue cannot be enforced. Christianity agrees that greed is bad. Christianity does not believe that money is the root of all evil, but that the love of money is the root of all evil. Christianity does not force people to share what they have, but encourages us to do so as the Holy Spirit transforms our lives. Another worldview is the capitalist worldview. Capitalists blame suffering on laziness and inertia. Those who are lazy and irresponsible do not achieve their main goal, which is material prosperity. Their biggest concern is always, how is the economy doing? They believe in every person for themselves and often have a lack of compassion for those who are left behind. Christianity says material wealth is not the most important thing in life. Christianity has a stronger sense of community and compassion. Then there's also the postmodern worldview, which says we suffer because there are too many rules and laws. They do not believe there are any absolute rights and wrongs that apply to everyone, only what you perceive to be right and wrong. They think if everyone had unlimited freedom to be true to their feelings, this would be a wonderful world. Their solution is to rebel and be true to ourselves. They think if it feels good, do it. Christianity says there are absolutes. While we can't be saved by obeying the law, the law can be helpful in restraining our sinful nature. The solution is not rebellion, but transformation into the likeness of Christ. Many people are unconscious of the worldviews they hold. Our worldviews are not easily put into words. But it's helpful to be able to articulate what we believe and why, in order to better understand the problems and the solutions. So how would we describe a Christian worldview? You can obviously get many different opinions about this, but there are a few basic components that are foundational to a biblical view of the world and they revolve around three big questions. The first big question is, what should life be like? This is the question of creation. At the end of the first chapter of the Bible, Genesis 1, 26, 27, and 31, says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, 
over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. This is what life should be like. In the beginning, the earth was perfect. There were no wars, no personal conflicts, no tensions, no fighting, no abuse, no lying, no hurt, no pain, no disease. The world was perfect. This is the way life should be. The biblical worldview says that there is a God. God really does exist, and he created a perfect world. It says that our world is not an accident, and you are not an accident. You are not a mistake of nature, just some molecules that bumped into each other or a random result of evolution. You were created on purpose. There is a reason and a purpose for your life. If we understand the creator of our world, and if we have a relationship with our creator, we can come to understand the purpose of our lives. The second big question of any worldview is, what's wrong with life? As I mentioned, other worldviews think that's what's wrong with life is desire, or money, or possessions, or status, or laziness, or rules. The biblical worldview says that what is wrong with life is sin. Genesis chapter 3 tells the story of Adam and Eve disobeying God, choosing to believe what the serpent said instead of believing what God said. Pride has been called the original sin. That Adam and Eve were proud because they wanted to be like God instead of being under God. They moved from selflessness to selfishness. Our problem is that we disobey God. We have a tendency to shoot ourselves in the foot. We hurt ourselves. We make decisions that are not in our best interest. They have caused our physical health to break down, our relationships to break down, and as a result, for our societies and our world to break down. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.10 says, There is no one righteous, not even one. In Matthew 15.18-19, Jesus says, But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. Some worldviews say that you should follow your heart. Christianity says the last thing you want to do is follow your heart, because it's out of your heart that come all of these evil things. 
You only want to follow your heart if it's been transformed by Christ, changed, renewed, converted. Many of the problems of our world are because people are following their hearts and their hearts are leading them in the wrong direction. Some worldviews say if it feels good, do it. Christianity says not everything that feels good in the short term will end up being good for you in the long term. Some worldviews say follow your feelings. They're always right. Christianity says don't always follow your feelings because often they are wrong. So what's wrong with life? We have disobeyed God and we have a sinful nature. The third big question of any worldview is how do we fix life? If we have a sense of how the world should be and what is wrong with the world, then how do we fix it? There are many things we are doing to try to fix our world. There are many pieces that are needed to complete the puzzle if we can figure out how to put them together. Part of the fix is our system of laws. We try to restrain people from hurting each other. We put people in jail who break the law and we try to keep people safe. We are grateful for our law enforcement officers, our judges, our courts, and our legislators. They are important for a healthy society. But ultimately, they cannot address the real heart problem. Part of the fix is our physical and mental health systems. We try to heal disease. We try to help people cope with mental stresses and pressures. We have a lot of people doing a lot of great work. But ultimately, they can't address the real heart problem. Part of the fix is our government. The role of government is to pass just laws work for the common good, and establish healthy ways of functioning as a society. We have a lot of people doing a lot of important work, but ultimately they cannot address the real heart problem. Part of the fix are our schools. It's important to educate our minds, encourage positive character traits, teach people how to solve problems, equip people with life skills, and inspire and motivate and provide opportunities for a healthy life. We have a lot of great people doing a lot of great work, but ultimately they cannot address the real heart problem. The ultimate solution, the ultimate fix, is to see a changed heart in every single person. In our biblical worldview, that can only happen through Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. A heart transformation needs to happen in each person. 
and more and more people, as more and more people's hearts are transformed, that can lead to a community transformation, which can lead to a cultural transformation, which can lead to a world transformation. Jeremiah 29.7 says, Seek the welfare of the community where I have sent you, and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. So we participate in the mission of God to lead people to Christ, to bless our world, and to seek the welfare of the community where God has sent us. And at the end of time, the perfect world will return. The end of the Bible describes the restoration of the perfect world that existed at the beginning of the Bible. No more tears, no more hurt, no more death, no more pain. We will experience a perfect relationship with God and a perfect relationship with everyone else. There will be no more fights, no more conflicts, no more wars, no more suspicion, no more threats, no more worry, and no more anxiety. It will be perfect. In the meantime, our job is to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, which is to say we are to lead people to Christ and to work for God's love and justice to penetrate every inch of our world. We want to support whatever good works are already taking place in our world and make up for whatever is lacking. Some of the conflict we experience in the world today is because of a clash of worldviews. We don't all agree on what the world should be like, what is wrong with the world, and how to fix the world. We disagree on the problems and the solutions. We disagree on the end goals that we are working towards. These are difficult issues to work through because when worldviews collide, there are no win-win solutions. People with opposing worldviews don't both win. If a solution is decided, one will win and the other will lose. And that makes it hard to get along. That's why good sportsmanship is important. It's important how we win, and it's important how we lose. We don't want to be sore losers, and we don't want to be arrogant winners. Jesus calls us to love other people, to treat people with love and respect, and to gradually and winsomely try to persuade people to change their minds. We need to pray for people and ask the Holy Spirit to be at work in their lives. Some human systems and some worldviews are good and some are not. We need to point out the deficiencies in what is bad, work alongside what is good, and provide what is missing. We can affirm what other worldviews get right while also seeking to correct what we believe they get wrong.
we need to set the stage for what can only come from God. Our worldviews are often ideas that we are not conscious of. They are like the glasses we look through to see the world. They are like a set of lenses that color how we see everything in life. So the more aware we are of our own worldview, the more we can understand other people and the more we can understand our world. I believe God is shaping our hearts and minds to give us a biblical worldview. And this worldview is shaped by how we answer three big questions. One, what should life be like? The question of creation. Two, what is wrong with life? The question of sin. And three, how do we fix life? The question of salvation, mission, and transformation. God bless. Stay safe. See you soon.